You're listening to the Far Out Podcast, starring Todd Perry and Jason Daniels. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Far Out Podcast. My name is Todd Perry. With me is the great Jason Daniels. What's going on, Todd? Well, I'm doing good. Um, one reason I'm doing good um, is because, you know, you get older. Yeah, been there. And you know we were about the same age, and you, you do you do realize that some of your behaviors have to change a little bit, even though you don't want them to. And if and if you keep not changing your behaviors in certain ways, life will become miserable. Well, I'm not married, so I haven't hit that point yet. But go ahead. Yes. So, uh, you have oft given me shit for my love of soup. There's there's no fucking point to soup unless you're sick, and it's called chicken noodle. Chowders are good, chilies are good, soup, pointless. No, and I eat lots of soup, and I'd always, you know, we'd, we'd go out, often, we, we've talked about it on previous shows, uh, we, we'd go to Sizzler. God bless Sizzler. And I would, you know, you would, you would hit certain portions of the soup and salad bar, namely the section with the tacos, yes. and then, as an Italian, you, you enjoy the spaghetti. That is like ketchup and like egg noodles is the worst spaghetti Oh, by the way, how do you feel that Totino's has bastardized the classic Italian pizza roll by uh, doing ham and cheese pizza rolls? Those are called Hot Pockets, bro. Those are not pizza rolls. Pizza rolls has marinara sauce, mozzarella cheese, or mozzarella, and some kind of horrible meat for you, like a pepperoni, a sausage, which is nothing but 12% meat, and then the other 88% fat. Now, how did they make pizza rolls in Sicily? I don't know. I've never been. That's where my grandmother is from. I don't think they made, uh, I think they're called like strombolis or they're called uh, calzones. They didn't make pizza rolls. So I had to eliminate my favorite soup from my diet because I just couldn't do it anymore. Now, this seems like complete old man talk. Like, you know, all the, all the 22-year-old girls that I'm sure listen to the show just tuned out right now when I'm like, soup has become too much for me. Because I loved Campbell's Bean with Bacon Soup. Since I was a child, it was just like, it's just something I eat all the time. Like, I'm hungry at night, cook up a little condensed soup, put, put some water in there. I'll sit and, you know, watch Netflix and chill with a big bowl of soup. But eventually, my body can't handle the gas. It's a sad day in the Perry household. It's so sad because I want it, and I sit there, and I go, and it's like, it'll be like on sale for $1.64, you know. I'm at the Stater Brothers, and I'm just like, I just, and I just have to let it go. And it's like, it's like you know, when Buddhists make a painting, and then they just blow it in the river. Just no. It's, you just, you got to give that up. And it, it makes me feel, first, how life is uh, impermanent, that there could be something that I love and enjoy and I just can't do it anymore. It's my brother in Cheerios. He, well, anyway, he can't. What he he farts after? Who farts after Cheerios? Like what? My brother has been banned from eating Cheerios around human beings since he was probably like twelve years old. What does that do to him? It, basically, your bean and bacon soup. M- multiply that to the nth degree, and that's my older brother Chris and a bowl of Cheerios. He is only allowed to eat Cheerios when his wife. Is out of town for the weekend. When we lived together, when we were in our early twenties, 
we were not allowed to keep Cheerios in the house because he would come home from work and he'd eat a Tupperware bowl size of Cheerios. <laughs> and then we had to fumigate the apartment and uh, basically have it tented and have hazmat come in and scrape the paint off the walls and the acoustic off the ceiling. <laughs> he and Cheerios have not gotten along since he was a young child. It's just it's 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 like losing a loved one. You know what? On the next show, I think I'm just going to sit here. Even though I'm not a big fan of soup, I'm going to eat a big bowl of bacon and bean soup right in front of you and just watch you tear up. And I don't know if you'd be able to get through a whole show if I'm eating a large bowl of bean and bacon soup in front of you and you can't partake. It it would like – I I figure it would be – food cuckolding me. (laughs) It would be like watching somebody have sex with my wife in front of me while eating bean with bacon soup. Well, you brought that up. Which one would be tougher, though? Uh, I almost feel like you would deal with the wife thing just because you could drink enough to get rid of the memory. But to watch somebody eat your favorite soup and not be able to have some, I just think that would just destroy you as a man. The thing is, I'd instruct you as you were eating it. I would sit there and be like, you're not putting enough salt in it. Here, let me just, let me just. And I would sit, it's like we, we have a friend, named, a mutual friend named Sang. Yes, we do. And saying uh, he goes lobster fishing, and you, you go lobster fishing with him. I do. And he brought me over a lobster one day, and because and, I, I did a favor for him, and he said, I'll give you a lobster. I said, great, bring a lobster. So he brings over this lobster, and it's already dead, because I was like, I'm not killing the lobster. I, 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 just, I just couldn't do it. Like, I couldn't take a live lobster and boil it. In front, like, I would feel horrible. Like, it would break my heart. I couldn't eat it. It went... So he brings over a dead lobster, and my wife's like, who are your friends? <laughs> and Sang's like, hey, man, hey, man, hey, hey, bro, okay. I was like, thanks for the lobster. Just tell me how to cook it. Thank you so much, because I, I did a deal for him on some stuff he was selling. And so, not drugs. It was <laughs> yeah. Thank you for clarifying. fishing equipment. Anyway, so he comes in, and then he brings in this lobster. My wife's like, what the fuck? And, and, and so he's like... He drops it off and goes, okay, cool. You know, you don't have to hang around. And it's like, watch me cook it or you know, tell me how to cook it. He goes, no, 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 man. I want to watch you eat it. <laughs> he's, he's, he's kind of weird. I've gone lobster fishing with him. We caught a five and a half pound lobster a couple of weeks ago, and he kissed me on the head, which was <laughs> kind of awkward. I, we, both of us, good friend of ours. Love the guy. But it was very awkward. Sang gets very into the lobster. If I don't cook it within like 20 minutes of me getting home at like one o'clock in the morning, he's like, when did you eat it? Send me a picture. It's kind of creepy, man. Like he wants to know you didn't know. He sat and he hung with me and then he's like, okay, uh, I'll show you how to cook it. And so I'm standing over it and then he keeps telling me how to cook it. He keeps doing it for me as he goes, okay, we'll, we'll put some butter on there. No, 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 do this with the butter. And he's like jumping all over me. And then so we put it in the oven and then we sit down to watch TV or whatever, and I was like, so you're just, just going to wait? He goes, yeah, I want to watch you eat it. <laughs> so he sits and he, he hovers over me. Very uncomfortable. By the way, lobster, lo- I love lobster. It gives me the runs. But so he's sitting there just hovering over me. Eat that part. Eat that part. No, cut it. No, don't cut it that way. And he's sitting there coaching me as I ate. He was helicopter momming my lobster experience. It was fantastic, though. Did he feed it to you? So were you the was he the feeder and you were the feedy in this kind of crazy guy on guy like feeding porn like scenario or I mean I think he would have gotten close enough to be like, You need to chew that. <laughs> one more time, one more time before you swallow. Get that get that flavor in there. But yeah, it was very it was a very the most invasive 
eating experience. It was like Sang was my Chinese Jewish mother when I was trying to do this. But yeah, so I can't do it anymore. So it's like it's a loss. But you know, it, there's other things I still do at 43. I should have given it up. But bean soup is the first one. I was just like, I just. Now, have you tried putting Beano in the bean soup? Does that work? I don't know. I don't even know if they still make Beano. I just remember my stepmom bringing it home one night when I was a kid, and she was like, oh, yeah, I like beans tear me up, so I got to put this in the beans. Yeah, I don't know sure. if it ever worked. Uh, I'm sure you can find, like, Amazon or some from some foreign European country, probably has a stockpile of it somewhere, but I, I would try it, man. Maybe you can still have that relationship with the bean and bacon soup. I'll throw a couple drops in there. I don't. Maybe I mean, that might change things, you know, but if not, I'm going to end up. You know, blowing up my my. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a hole through my boxer shorts, and you know, at this point, every pair of boxer shorts I have is threadbare <laughs> because I just don't buy clothes anymore. Maybe it's the thing when you turn 43, you just stop buying new clothes. Like unless you eat your way out of them. Like look at this. I, I've had this honestly. My first date with my wife, I wore this shirt, and that was 1999. I mean, we on our last show, you talked about how you love the the board shorts and how you can live in those. Yeah. So if you run out of underwear, you just live in board shorts, and the bean and bacon soup really isn't going to affect you all that much, Todd. So a, a, another issue that I have when I go to the supermarket is I know the people that work at the supermarket a little too well. That you do. I know this for a fact. Yes, because actually we have... <laughs> We'll go back to this trope again. We have a mutual friend that I happen that worked at my local Stater Brothers uh, supermarket, and I would always talk to her, and she was great. And then I just randomly ran into her at your house. Yeah, one day. So it's a good buddy of mine's fiance. She used to work at Stater Brothers up the street, and she called you uh, Bud Light Platinum Todd. Yes. Said every day he would come in there and buy groceries, and he would because he would explain that because you work from home, you would have dinner ready for your wife when she came home. Yeah, so I, and, I do the shopping for the family, and then you would buy a six pack of Bud Light Platinum every time you went to the store. Now, and, and sometimes there was no food attached to that; it was just a six pack of Bud Light Platinum. So then she probably thought you were the bachelor for the night, and that was your whole entire dinner. Now here's the deal: I've explained on the show before, Bud Light Platinum, light beer, six percent alcohol. Fewer calories, big buzz. It's a win-win for everybody. It's a win-win for everybody. So, yes, that's the beer I drink. And now, she is not the only person who has made this observation. And one of the guys at the store named Eddie, whenever I come to, into the uh, Stater Brothers, he goes, Hey, what's up, Platinum? <laughs> so now, everybody at the Stater Brothers calls me Platinum. And I kind of wear it as a badge. Yes, I drink the most high-end of dad beers, and I drink a lot of it. Yeah. And I drink it daily. And it, it's my everyday drinker. Like, I, I'll sit and I'll have a Elysian Space Dust. I'll have some nice IPAs when it's a, a special occasion. You know, like, you know, I got a new Star Wars 4K DVD or something. I'll drink the good beer while I'm watching it. But if I'm cooking, I'm hanging around the house, I'm parenting, you know. I have me some Bud Light Platinum. I'm doing the show. We're both enjoying them. So they just know me as Platinum in the store. And then the other day I bring in my son. He's shopping with me. And Eddie calls him. Hey, what's up, Platinum Junior? <laughs> so I started to think to myself. I said, is this a good thing? 
Should I be happy to be known as platinum to people? Or should I recoil by the fact that my life has degenerated to the point to where people at the local supermarket know me for drinking a high-end cheap beer? My nickname with a couple of my old friends used to be Pasty, so I guess Platinum's a step up for you. So let's, I yeah, would roll. That's with not, it. you know, okay, lack of sunshine. Yeah, All right. you know, it's, uh, it was an African American friend of mine, and yeah. he gave me that nickname because we used to go play basketball down at the park, and he's like, uh, yeah, I, I got the white guy. And they all used to laugh at him, and they said, okay, that guy's going to ball you up. So he, my nickname was the Pasty Gangster. And uh, so for short, it was just Pasty. So I think uh, Platinum is a more flattering nickname than mm. Pasty. So I, I don't think it's a problem, man. It's uh, I'm reading the bottle. I don't really drink this that much. I'm I'm the redneck of this uh, of this duo here, and I drink Miller Lite. Love me some Miller Lite. I'm really not opposed to this platinum though, because if you read the label, it says brewed for the night. It's it's yes. it's uh, it seems like a, a classy beer. Pinky up, bro. So I was thinking like, I'll I'll take platinum. I'll accept it, as you should. Yeah, you know, I, maybe I don't want it on my tombstone. You better hope. Todd, they, you better hope that I die before you, man, because yeah. that's happening. Todd, Platinum, Platinum Perry. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not going to have a tombstone. I've already decided I'm going to have ashes spread. Yeah, at, but, the, at the Las Vegas Raiders Stadium. But uh, well, it's kind of funny. Uh, my wife's uh, uncle passed away recently, and his passing isn't necessarily funny. But he was a uh, uh, he was he was very old when he died, but. And he 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 was gay, so he you know he he obviously he didn't live with a wife or whatever, and he was kind of in the closet most of his life. So it was just kind of always like, oh, you know, Uncle Bob's bringing over his friend for Christmas. We all knew what was up. He, he was of that generation we didn't feel like talking about. So his uh, roommate and myself and my wife, we were at the mortuary. And we had to, he had all of his funeral arrangements done. It was fine. But we had to write his, his headstone. So, you know, normally it says loving wife and father or loving uncle or blah, blah, blah. And the thing was, we were sitting there, even with his longtime roommate, we were like, well, he was kind of a prickly guy. You know, he wasn't the kind of guy that people would say loving family member. He was just, he was a, a particular gentleman. We loved him, but, you know, no one would go, warmest guy I ever met. So it's like, what the hell do you put in the quote above the thing? So I jokingly said, and he, he was a teacher as well, so I, I said, uh, educator and confirmed bachelor. <laughs> and so his roommate about took a knee laughing. He goes, Todd, that's what we're doing. <laughs> so... My wife laughed and said, yes, that's what we're doing. So it, it is, it is, I think it's his confirmed bachelor and educator. I mean, it's better than Here Lies Bob. That's right. It's, it's his Bob Lanfear confirmed bachelor. So uh, I hope that, you know, from wherever he is, he had a laugh at that. And then everybody who, you know, the one in ten people that get that was like the gay euphemism they used for Liberace back in the day. It was like, oh, Liberace, you know, what, what's where you haven't, you know, you're not married. Well, I just haven't met the right woman yet. <laughs> You know, I'm a confirmed bachelor, you know. That makes me rethink when people ask me, are you single? Like, uh, okay, I got I to come up with a new story. Maybe you won't say that. Yeah. But, you know, I've, I've had other bad nicknames 
that people have given me, like good ones and bad ones over the time. And usually a nickname is a sign of a, affection. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you get a nickname you don't know, and you learn about it later. Okay. So I was dating this one girl a, a long time ago. She was, she was, she was very, very gorgeous girl. And she had a friend that was known as Gucci Mike because he was a Gucci model. He was a good-looking guy. Okay. All right. He was like, yeah, all right, yeah, you can take the guy's picture and it always looks good, kind of thing. Good hair, full lips, whatever. And uh, he evidently he had a nickname for me when I wasn't around. And it was Timmy from South Park. Uh, that's where exactly where my mind went, but he, I didn't want to say it. He, Timmy! He said, because Todd looks like Timmy. Minus the chair. And at that time when I had hair, it was a hairline that was a bit back. And if you look at a picture of Timmy, I'm like, oh, God, yes, I look like Timmy. That's not a good nickname, man. No, and also, here's the thing. It's when a guy who's a model is calling you Timmy. That's kind of fucked up, right? Like When you're really good looking, you can't bag on other people's looks, right? Like right. That's, that's kind of like, um, it's like if... You know, Cindy Crawford is making fun of Lena Dunham for her looks. That's punching down. Absolutely. So this guy was punching down. By the way, who was dating the cute girl? Timmy. Timmy. But yes, he called me Timmy. And I was like, God damn it. That's a fucked up nickname. That that is that is pretty bad, man. Like we had a buddy we used to call him Little Bitch, not to his face, <laughs> but that was his name. And I, I he'll. How did he earn the name Little Bitch? Uh, he, honestly, we don't. He probably just pissed us off enough times where we just call you're a little bitch, man. Like yeah. he would. I, I think is he tried to get into fights. And I have another buddy named Tiny who you've met, who's about six three and weighs about on a good day. 480 on a yeah. bad day, 500. And uh, I, I always like that when the big guy's called Tiny. And, when and you, a, can, you can say that to his face. That's fine. Oh, yeah, dude. I, we call him Tiny in front of his mom, and his mom laughs. Who, his mom was born in Mexico, and she understands English. And when that was like one of the first like slang words like she learned of, like when we're, we call him Tiny, and his mom would go, what, what is that? She's like, oh, because he's so big. Tiny means small. She just started cracking up, like, uncontrollably for, like, five minutes. And then she started calling him Tiny for, like, a week. And he's like, no, Mom, not cool, man. Yeah, y- y- Mom can't do it. So we're at a bar, and this guy, Brian Carbajal, we, he would try to pick fights. And I'm not a small guy. And my buddy Tiny's obviously not a small guy. And his brothers are all very big people, which, you like I said, you've met probably most of his brothers. Yeah. And uh, – Brian would try to pick fights with people and then be like, oh, you, you going to mess with my boys? Not oh. like, are you going to mess with me? Are you going to mess with my boys? So oh, we're like, so big mouth because he oh. had big friends. And, and he was probably like five, six. He's a little guy. And we just started going, dude, quit acting like a little bitch. And when it would come to pay the bar tab, like it was, you ever watched Two and a Half Men? Yes. So Charlie Sheen's brother, Alan, it was like getting money out of Alan Harper. Like when it came to bar tabs, we could all rotate. Everybody drank different beers. So you would go, okay, I'm going to get four pitchers of beer. And like one for you, one for you, one for you, one for you. And then when it came to him, he's like, no, I'm done drinking. So like, it doesn't matter if you're done drinking. We're not. Yeah. You drank all our beer. And it was literally like, yeah, open his wallet. And he, just, he was a nickname, little bitch, dude. And it just stuck. And he hated it, but it didn't matter. Once you get gloss with a nickname, it's there to stay. It's there forever. It's like a bad tattoo, like a taking care of business tattoo or something like that. <laughs> that I have. I had another um, 
nickname that I did not like, and it was when I played baseball. And it was Twinkle Toes. Dude, you just been just hit hard with the bad nicknames. I guess I had a little, I had a, had a flamboyant thing I would do at the end of my swing, where I would swing and then just kind of like my 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 feet would just kind of keep spinning. So I'd miss, you know, if I'd miss the ball, you know, normally I made contact. It was a beautiful, beautiful yeah. hit. And then I'd flip around, and so the coach said, "Hey, Twinkle Toes." So then they called me Twinkle Toes, which I feel like, you know, in these days you'd say, no, no, horrible gay euphemism, you know. But then in the 80s, you were just Twinkle Toes, and that was it. I mean, and you could have, like, been in a Barishnikov performance or something like that. I mean, I get it. Like, uh, we, I had a guy on a softball team that ran like a manatee, <laughs> which he was fat, and he, his arms <laughs> never moved more than like three inches away from his body. So I'm doing this. Yeah, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm doing this in front of Todd, which you guys can't see, but it was literally like three inches of movement, like on each <laughs> side, and it was, and he'd round the bases, and it, it was funny. Like he looked like a, a manatee with legs. But uh, yeah, you've had some pretty good nicknames there, bud. But see, one that uh, I, I would assume is, is, is a positive is, you know, because there's one D in Todd. Because you couldn't afford the second D. That's right. And so it was, you know, the, the joke was my dad said, if there's one D in God, there's one D in Todd, which Abraham Lincoln said about his wife, Mary Todd, and was also making fun of the Todd family because I guess they were kind of self-important. So my dad named me, you know, Todd with one D. Or whatever. And so my friend Pixie is one of my, my closest friends. She jokingly started calling me God. But it was probably more for my drinking prowess in my early 20s. And so she still, 20 years later, calls me God. So when she introduces me to new friends, she calls me God. All that friend group calls me God. And I don't even think about it anymore. It's just kind of like a goof. It irks my wife to no end. Because <laughs> she's just like, ugh. You know, because she doesn't want anybody aggrandizing me in any way. But so it's it's funny. So this guy, Dennis, there's this bar in Long Beach that was uh, the Sky Room, which is on the top of a, a like a 10 foot, uh, 10 story tall building in Long Beach. And he was the elevator operator and he used to party with us. And I hadn't seen him for a while. And he was working the elevator and the, the elevator was packed with people. And I get in there and the moment I walk in the elevator he says, hey, God, good to see you. And everybody in the elevator looks at me like, what the fuck? And then my wife just like sunk. <laughs> she was just like, oh, God, fuck. And I was like, hey, it's good to see you, Dennis. She's yeah. like, yeah, it's good. how's it going, God? Oh, you know, shit's cool, whatever. Then we rode the elevator up to my palatial palace. But, yeah, it's, I have friends uh, that jokingly call me God, and then when they meet new people, they call me God. And then after a while, they're just like, oh, man, just start calling him Todd or whatever, you know? But it's in no way a positive thing about me. It was more just mocking me at a certain point. And you and I are both sports fans, like big sports fans. And you start to think of what are some cool nicknames. And, you know, you start to think of, like, the basketball player, uh, Glenn Big Baby Davis. You go, okay, is that good or bad? Um, you know, you being a Raider fan. Lester the Molester Hayes. Like if, in, in, <laughs> in 2020, that would not fly anymore. That doesn't work. Yet. Yeah, that, that would you end up uh, in prison just for having that nickname. Uh, but, you know, the 70s Oakland Raiders, fine. Uh, one of my favorites is Randy Big Unit Johnson. 
And yes. because he's a six ten, and you and I grew up in the era where those Big Johnson shirts were popular. So yes. it's a double entendre. Like it, it, it's a great nickname. Now, I, is it is it is it directly talking about his junk? I don't think so. But you know, the big unit being six ten, which was kind of a novelty, uh, being that tall as a pitcher in Major League Baseball. It's still, it, yeah. yeah. So the big unit kind of. I don't think anybody realized by his last name being Johnson and calling him the big unit. Unlike the Super Bowl winning quarterback from a few years ago, the Philadelphia Eagles, Nick Foles, which is nickname that was given to him oh, yeah. by the cheerleading squad at the University of Arizona was Big Dick Nick. Now, if that was your nickname, you would own it, love it. I would have that on the back of my jersey. He hate me, got nothing on me, dude. Big Dick Nick on the back of my jersey. Now, you know, I heard a rumor back in the USC days when I was dating girls that went to the University of Southern California. Wait, I have to interrupt, and I apologize. Did their parents pay extra money to get them there? Oh, no. Oh. I No, these, these girls were all poor chicks okay. that wound up there with huge debt. Uh, but they said the opposite about Carson Palmer, well, the quarterback. Yeah, former Cincinnati Bengal, Arizona Cardinal uh, quarterback at uh, Oakland o- Raider. Oakland Raider. The, uh, the opposite. Wow. That uh, Carson Palmer... A little, bit, a little disappointing down there. I mean, you heard it here first on the uh, <laughs> Far Out podcast. He, he's been retired for what, like eight years, and we're talking about his junk size just to compare it to Big Dick Nick from the uh, now Jacksonville Jaguar uh, quarterback. Yeah, I thought he was good as a Raider. I like Carson Palmer, but yeah. you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm just hearing things. And you know what? Having a small penis isn't a bad thing. In in what way? You know, whatever. <laughs> Neither here nor there. I'm just, you know. Again, sometimes I have a hard time following your logic, but I'll roll with it, bud. But it's like I have like kind of stupid ESP. Wait, I'm sorry. We're talking about Ryan Reynolds. What's going on? Is that what's going on? Let's get back to pooping. Let's get back to pooping. I do have a sweat bra on my feet and my hands, but also I do have hobbit foot, and I got a little trail of hair right there. So as men of a certain age, uh, you start seeing guys that start getting into weird hobbies, Mm -hmm. right? And it's mostly because they're like, I've got a wife, I've got a kid, I've got something I need to do in the garage. Oh, that's your sanctuary. Yes. Well, you know, and we we were in my studio, which is kind of like a garage uh, Mm -hmm. outside of my house, which was when we bought our house, it was the guy that owned the house uh, before us built this little thing to build bicycles because he was running uh, cycles and he moved to Oregon to open a bike shop which I feel everybody that moves to Portland does right yeah you you grow dreadlocks you don't shave you get heavy into patchouli oil and you open up a bike shop yeah it's a, it's a it's a gateway from LA people are like ah, I don't want the hustle and bustle I don't want any of it I just want to go out to Oregon and hang out and do some weird craft and usually they have money from another source that mm-hmm. allows them to do it but so, you know, my thing is I make podcasts, I do, you know, creative stuff and everything, but I I have a love, like you, we share, a love of hot sauce. Oh, love me some hot sauce. And a love of hot food. Yes. Like, we, we love going to uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, and you will always get, like, the slightly hotter than me. Like, I'll get the, I'll, I'll get 12 wings, and, like, half will be the second most hot, and the other half will be the third most hot, and you'll get the number one and number two. Which is dumb. Because you, as we are the same age, a couple months apart, you are smarter than me. And I have no problem admitting that. Because 
I will get that blazing sauce with the ghost chilies in there. And I have yet to come to terms with, I'm not 25 anymore. I've come to terms when it comes to the drinking. Like I can consume almost the same amount as I could when I was like 21, 22. I just have to do it in a shorter time. The days of staying up till 5 a.m. drinking just don't happen anymore. Or right. that's once or twice a year. The hot stuff, I have yet to come to terms with that. I have to buy like mass quantities of acid reflux pills and Pepto-Bismol. And I'm not smart enough to take it before I go to bed. I have to take that stuff at like 3.30 in the morning when I burp while I'm sleeping and I get up and I feel like I just swallowed seven gallons of molten lava. Yeah. And the difference is it's not like giving up bean soup, which we <laughs> talked about earlier. It's not like giving up bean soup because there's a weird need. It's the endorphins of the hot food. It's a whole experience. It's almost like a weird kind of like shamanistic cleansing ritual that you go through. Cleansing is a key word. Yes, and uh, the, the the joke is always like, who got humbled by yes. the wings? And last time we went out, I got the number one and number two at Buffalo Wild Wings, and I got humbled. Big time, man. I've never seen you humble, but you don't usually order the blazing sauce. You usually go wild, and you go mango habanero. But yes, and so I still, I love it, and I have hot sauces at home. I have a, a large array of hot sauces, and I just I just love Hot, spicy food. And usually it doesn't kick my ass that much because I kind of know how to deal with it. You know, it's like being an experienced drug connoisseur. You're like, look, I can do two small lines and a bump and get to bed by midnight. You know, that, that, that kind of mentality. I know what I can do with the hot sauce. but And so now that has creeped in slowly to the uh, man of a certain age hobby. And so uh, for last Christmas, I got a book on how to make hot sauce. Uh, I went online, and from Amazon, I, ha- I bought a whole bunch of bottles. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a whole bunch of clear bottles or whatever with, with the little, little, little droppers in them. Little, little dropper at the top to make my own hot sauce. So I was like, it would be kind of awesome to have my own hot sauce that I make myself that I, that I, that I want to do only with the Carolina Reaper, which is the hottest of all peppers. And um, I I did a video on YouTube a couple years ago that has like thousands of hits of me eating a Carolina Reaper pepper. See, that's the one I haven't. I've chewed up like ghost chilies when I was drunk as all hell and not a problem. Didn't feel it the next day. Don't know how, but I have yet to try the Carolina Reaper. So do you have some that I could try? Not tonight, but at, at some point. I do not, but I have seeds right behind you up by those CDs up there in the, the thing. But why so- do you, wait, why do you still have CDs? <laughs> That's a whole nother conversation. How many CDs are in this office right now? If you look around <laughs> in the studio, but um, so I, I decided like I want to make my own hot sauce. Like this is like a legit thing. I have like books on it. Like I want to make my own. Uh, I want to make my own brand. I want to make my own flavor that I like. Like I've been to hot sauce festivals. And there's one I really liked. A guy out of New Zealand that made one called the Cully's Reaper Sauce, and it was a, a New Zealand a guy in New Zealand grew these reapers. And I just loved the sauce. And I thought, oh, man, I'd love to sit and make – because I'm into cooking now, and I'd, I'd love to do that. But um, the thing is that the market is flooded with this. Like I was in Lake Arrowhead recently, and there was an entire store with like 400 different bottles of hot sauce. And so I, 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 I wound up settling on one called Mr. Payne. <laughs> and it has like an executioner on it with like a gimp mask. <laughs> 
And I was like, that's pretty good, you know. But if I just saw Mr. Payne, and this sore had him set up where it was like hot, 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 hottest, you know. And that was the hottest of all of them. But if I just saw them by name and didn't know what was hotter than the other, if they hadn't dialed that in for me, I wouldn't have known exactly what was the hottest. And Mr. Payne wouldn't have necessarily stood out to me. So I thought the most important thing is, besides having a high-quality, tasty sauce that you would like, because you would be my target demographic. Stupid, yes. Yeah, you know, I just thought, like, if I could sell this on Amazon or something and make, say, 500 bucks a month making my hot sauce as just extra income, it would be fun and fine. But I thought the most important thing is to have a name. That, that's key. Coming from a guy, you work in the creative space. You write radio commercials you you know work on stuff like blog posts for websites i actually work in advertising yeah. i spend people's money for a living it's my side hustle yeah so uh, i know how important a name is and branding a particular product so i'm 100 percent on board you have to have the perfect name for your hot sauce. Well, it's like, yeah, they have the guy from the offspring made gringo bandito or whatever and you look at it it's like okay you look at the picture and say, like, "Oh, this is good. This is good. And it's a decent hot sauce. It's not terrible. It's not bad or whatever." Um, you know. And then you go to any Mexican restaurant. You have your Cholula and you have your Tapatio. It's fine. I like them. You know. Uh, actually, I'm coming back around now to actually liking Tabasco on stuff. Love Tabasco. I, I feel like I got away from Tabasco. I tried all these other things, and I'm kind of back. It's like Stone IPA it was kind of the first IPA. You have all these other ones, and I'm like, you know, I like the Stone. But so I thought like. My hot sauce, I need a specific brand. And it could be specific to my personality. It could be specific to maybe a demographic I want to sell to. Mm -hmm. You know, but I, like, I feel like name comes before product. I feel like that's more important than even putting together the proper one. So I wanted to ask you, uh, and, and, and I'll throw some ideas around. We can figure out how to name the perfect hot sauce for what I'm trying to do. Do you have any ideas, Jason? Uh, you know, if you're going to use the Carolina Reaper, you could be There Will Be Blood. Oh. Um, oh, that is that is really good. And you could have a picture of uh, Daniel Plainview, like, I have a competition in me. Um, oh, or no, no. You go one, you go one, you could have another variation of that is, I've abandoned my boy. <laughs> <laughs> there will be blood. But the hottest one is. I've abandoned my boy. Yeah, there, there you go. I've abandoned my boy! Which I think is the the deepest, most sorrowful thing a man could ever feel. Yeah. Um, I don't have any kids, so I, I, don't, I can't go down that road, but I have seen... And maybe some you've abandoned, maybe? I don't know. You know, you're abandoning your kids in the pool as you get up and walk away. I don't know the... Uh, how firm they will be when you abandon them. They might be like pre embryotic, you know, when you abandon them. But, you know, I, I get where you're going with yeah. it. Um, a couple of other ones uh, Rectal Rooter. Okay. Uh, oh, wait, wait. wait. And, well, I got to think of the design on the bottle. Like, it looked like the Roto Rooter. Yeah. The guy right, just running instead of having like the, the Roto Rooter in the toilet. He's like running and it looks like a snake of liquid just coming out of his back end into the toilet in like a snake form. Yeah. Um, the National Defecate. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, and some of these are a little bit of a stretch. And, and then you'd say like over 20 trillion. What's that rating they do? The, Scov the Scoville units. Scov like if you could hit, let's say, 
If you could hit a Scoville unit that's the equivalent of the $22 trillion national debt. There you go. Twenty-two million, like or billion Scoville units. Twenty-two trillion Scoville. I don't know if anybody would be able to tolerate that without going to the emergency room. But you know, hey, just just throwing some stuff out there, like the yeah, I like that. Hey, we're, we're just spitballing here. Spitballing, you know, inglorious plastered, and you could have like a German guy like getting off the toilet just to kind of mimic the inglorious bastard. I mean, again. Just reaching in. Just Can right. you have the Nazi symbol in his forehead? Like I mean, they, this they... is your product. If you want to put a, a Nazi person on your uh, Carolina Reaper sauce, that, that's on you. Look, look, we're just spitballing. I mean, sweltering sphincter um, was <laughs> one I came up with. Uh, I think probably my, my favorite was the uh, Carolina colonoscopy, if you're going to use the Carolina Reaper. Mm. I feel like my dad, who lives in a retirement community in South Carolina, I, that's actually a business in this neighborhood, and or just you just just throw it out there, man. Just call it prison sex. <laughs> that is good. So th- those are the ones I came that up with on the good. fly. That is good because I, you know, I feel like like the times when my highest grade hot sauce comes out is like when I have like I have a brother in law that loves hot food, and the same thing. And so like I'll bring out like it'll be like Thanksgiving, and we'll have some like. Triscuits out or some whatever crackers, white cream bean casserole. Yeah, no. And then we'll just sit and dab it on there. We'll just sit and see who can go further. It's like that scene in Raiders of the Lost Ark where Karen Allen is taking shots with the uh, Nepalese guy, and they and the guy falls over. Um, but so I I came up with a couple ideas and just see what see what you think. And uh, one is a uh, Todd's pink sock sauce. No explanation needed. Next. Ever heard of the pink sock? I know exactly what the pink sock is. I would say anybody in the audience that doesn't know what it is, don't Google it. Yeah, there's this thing called Urban Dictionary, if just in case you get you feel a little spicy and want to look it up. Yeah. Prolapsed anus. Um, another one is Matanda Wedo, which uh, in, in, in English means uh, Caucasian death. And so I would here, here, this would be the branding on it. So Matanda Weto was a type of uh, Hispanic gutter punk that originated in East Los Angeles, which is basically kill Whitey. And so I thought, like, what if I capitalized on that movement? And then basically I, I had like on the website is like white people cannot buy this because here's the thing: as as we, as we all know, that Whitey tends to be the worst at doing spicy food. In general, I would agree with that. Yeah, like usually it's like, you know, if if I go to the taco truck and there's the different types of hot sauce, they don't give me the hottest one. Mm-hmm. Like I got to request it. Yes. It's uh, as uh, George H.W. Bush once called the uh, soft prejudice of low expectations. Taco Bell does that, and Del Taco does it to me all the time. You gotta ask. You, they give you to assume you want mild sauce you know, or a bag of ketchup. Whitey doesn't have to deal with racism that much, but the one spot where it does come true is when it comes to hot sauce. It's like when I went to the Thai place on Fourth Street that I used to live by, and I, I walked in there and I said, uh, "I'd like the Tom Gong soup." They said, "How hot would you like it? One to five, five being hottest." I said, "I'll take the four. and the guy said, "No, no, no." <laughs> You should take the two. <laughs> and I said, Al contraire. <laughs> Give me the four. I shall take the four. And then 
the wait the waiter walked to the back and the manager came out and said, "My friend, you will enjoy the two." Said, "No, no, no. I will take the four. And they made the four. It came out, and it was like literally. I thought I was my my nose was gonna bleed. It was horrifying. There was no way on earth I could have even eaten the four whatsoever. So that was one of the things. So I think one of the things for the branding is we do not sell it to white people. You cannot if you have fifty percent or more Caucasian blood, you cannot buy this. And this would encourage other people, and it would encourage white people to get one of their friends that is not white to buy it for them. This would create a black market. You know, I didn't think of it that way. For this hot sauce. It would create a, an air of scarcity. And then maybe I'd make tons of money saying, look, I'm sorry. And then we get press. They won't sell this hot sauce to white people. We'd be on Fox News. And they'd be like, why can't white people eat hot sauce? So, I mean, how do you, if you're going to sell this online, do you have to submit like your 23andMe results mm. to prove that you're not white or that you're at least 40, 49% or less Caucasian? Like, how do you deter people and how do you basically police that fact that you are not going to sell this to Caucasian folk? And, uh, and I'm kind of offended, man. Yeah, a, good, a, good, a, good, a, good, good, good. That's what's going to drive. As an Italian, German, like redneck mm. I'm that loves hot stuff, I want access to this, man. I don't want to have to buy it in the black market with my Jakar cologne in the, out of the trunk of a, an old Buick outside of a Bank of America. Like, I don't want to have to go that route, man. No, I wouldn't, le I wouldn't let you taste it. Wow. I wouldn't let you taste it because you know what? It's Matanda Weto. You, you, you cannot have it. Your, your friend Tiny can have it. He can tell you what it tastes like. He can maybe give you a little sip on the side. But I wouldn't administer this hot sauce to you. And, and it would be like, you know, they used to have laws in the South back in the day where it's like if you had one drop of blah, 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 blood, you couldn't do this or that. Or one drop of Native American blood, you couldn't do this. One drop of African American blood, you couldn't do this. And I would, I would institute those kind of race laws for my hot sauce. Also, when people go online to buy it, I would have a simple thing. Like you, if you look and there's some kind of ad for Camel cigarettes and you want to get that thing and you go online and it says, must be 21 to enter that website. Or there might be an adult website you want to look at, and it says, must be 18. You know that if you're not that age, you don't click yes, because you're not that. <laughs> yeah, really? You, is that what the rules you followed when you were younger? Yes, I think that white people respect the honor system, and so that's, that's just the way it's going to work. Man, that is your white privilege coming out. <laughs> <laughs> Another idea I had was um, the coronavirus sauce. It'd be actually like, because the thing is, when people love hot sauce so much, like, you know what's happening on the other end, right? Yes. You know something bad is going to happen. It's kind of like with drugs, right? Like, you're like, well, I know that's going to get me high for two hours, but goddamn, I'm going to feel like hell for two days. And you still do it. I would put some kind of, uh, maybe a disease or a virus in the hot sauce that was so intense. You'd enjoy the heat, and it would be good, and you'd be laid out. You know, and then again, this hot sauce comes as dares that a bunch of guys sit around and uh, challenge each other with. I mean, that's that's not, that's the equivalent of doing a tough man shot. Oh, what's that? You don't know what the tough man shot is? Mm -mm. Okay, so what you do is technically I'm not supposed to explain it to you. We have to do it in uh, conjunction. But what you do is you go to a bar and you find the cheapest 
plastic bottle tequila with the most dust on it that nobody's bought. Mm. And usually uh, it's something along the lines of like a Pepe Lopez, if you've never heard of that stuff. Mm. Um, and you get a lime and some salt. And you know the you know the the chaser of the sidecar where you got to put the salt on your hand. You lick your hand. You put the salt on there, but you don't lick your hand. You just pile up some salt and you grab the lime. You snort the salt. Oh, shoot the tequila. Oh, and you squeeze the lime in your eye. That is a tough man shot. <laughs> and the worst part is, is the cheap tequila that makes you nauseous is the absolute best part of that whole scenario. <laughs> I have gotten probably 10 people to do it. The problem is when you when you tell people, do you want to do a tough man shot, you don't explain it to them. You get them to do it, and then you have to do it along with them so they understand what it is, and then you have them pass along to other idiots. But the problem is I've done this probably 10 times, and it doesn't get any better. The worst part is assault by far. Like you have, it's like having the worst sinus infection you could ever imagine for like three days. It's horrible. I don't recommend it. Um, but that's basically what your hot sauce would do. It'd be like the equivalent of a tough man shot. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. I, you know, I was thinking you said the tough man shot and, uh, we'll end on this. Have you ever heard of the man of war shot? I have not. So I was at the local bar, the, uh, Eldo Barn yes. Grill, Eldorado Barn Grill up, up at the corner and I, was doing my rounds at local bars and happened by there at the end of the night. And uh, there's a, a regular there. He said, let me just end the night with a man of war. And so they took a picture, you know, like a, a beer picture. And then they loaded up, like they put, I, shit, I'm trying to figure out what the fuck they did. They put like, basically they found a way to pour like nine shots into the picture that all cascaded down shot glasses that they put inside of the pitcher. So it was like they angled the shot glasses inside. So, you know, they do those things where they have the, uh, like the ice fall with the champagne. It goes through all the champagne glasses. Beer. They did, they did all that through shot glasses, wound up like seven or eight shots at the bottom of a pitcher, and the dude just took it all back. It's like, dude. God, and this was like a Wednesday night at eleven fifteen. That dude had to be like an old Vietnam World War II vet. There's just no like you were just grizzled and chiseled to be able to just do that and and live. No, he just looked like a drunk thirty five year old that wanted to impress the hot chicks that work there. It was, uh, but I got video of it, and I was like, so glad it's you, not me. Well, I think we should do that on the next show. The man of war Just, shot. We start off with a man of war shot and see if we can get through an entire show. I, you know, I like the fact that this show has been about uh, two themes. It's about the fact that uh, at a certain point, guys have to realize there's shit they can't do anymore at a certain age. And then secondly, the fact that um, we're still going to do stupid shit even though we're a certain age. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm here for, bud. Such was love, love, I.